we're doing it? We're doing it, dude. <laughs> you can't roll a blunt to this one. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta light a J. You gotta puff a J on this one. You can't even drink Cristal on this one. You gotta drink Cristal. Buy some red wine, little guys, you're nine seven. This is for the grown and sexy. Yeah. Can I get my grown man on for one second? I see some ladies tonight that should be hanging with Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Excuse me, miss. What's your name? Uh-huh. Can you come hang with me? Oh, possibly. That's right. Can I take you out tonight? It has been a number of weeks. Yeah, we're, uh, we're back, though. Yeah. Effect. Yeah. Episode 9. We're almost in double digits. Yes. You know what was a huge detriment to us getting in double digits? What's that? Wedding season. <laughs> Christmas like, or wedding season? <laughs> wedding. <laughs> I feel like wedding season kind of did both of us in just a little bit. It did, man. Um, gosh, we had so much fun. I know we'll, we'll share a little bit uh, about our recent travels so people have an idea of where we've been. But um, holy cow, man. It was... Uh, it was nonstop hip hop. I mean, wedding after wedding after wedding, bachelor parties, the whole nine. Yes, but a lot of bachelor parties too. Yeah, which I guess is always good fodder. Yes, amazing fodder, Provide, and provides and, us with some cool pictures. And you're not gonna really get any complaints out of this guy no. from uh, from bachelor parties. So no, not, neither of us. I don't think you had a you had a real good one in Montreal. I don't know if we've. I don't know if we've recorded since then. Definitely haven't, no. But the trip was, to Montreal, I'll tell you what, there were let's see, like I had a, I had one of my hats on, my brother had one of his hats on, uh my buddy Mike had his hat on, and uh there was there's a few people, I guess there were a few people that were uh clamoring and asking where where the fuck their uh, podcast hats were. And uh <laughs> Every time I hang out with my buddy, with my brother's friends out um, at the wedding, and a couple times in between, I've um, I've been asked when they're getting their hats. So, gotta get some new hats out there soon. Give the people what they want. We do, we do have to give people what they want. Um, I won't, won't sing it like Jalen because the last time I heard myself do that on recorded audio, I was severely disappointed. But we are gonna, we are gonna do that. We, we've had, as we just said, just non-stop event after event after event over summer wedding season so we're getting back into it we've got a, a really cool little video that billy put together that's ready to go up um uh you know kind of lays out our our some of our summer activities and we wrote up a little little summer's over um so that'll go up uh, most likely tomorrow i would guess uh, just after this we've got some lifestyle pieces that we we had in the works that were that were really close to being done um just before we took our our little wedding season hiatus as it turned out um that'll go up and and we'll be back at it in full effect yeah and uh one of the things as far as that video goes as i watched it a couple more times i still can't get over how weird it was that the cab that we rode in had that like tin weird funnel that came out the back and if you watch the if and when because you're going to if and when you watch the video that we're talking about uh nick and i rode in a cab in manhattan and there was this funnel this little like 
tunnel thing that was coming out of the front of the cab through the glass area of the partition into the back end of the cab. And it looks like something like the ducts that you would see in your in your like in the ceiling of a building, I guess. I don't even know how to explain it. But it was pumping some cold ass air out of there, which I guess you can't really complain about because one, it was hot as balls the day that we were out. Two, yes. um, like quality air conditioning isn't exactly something that you you get quite often in a cab. So I guess nope. you count your blessings. But it was just very weird. And a couple people that live here and that I've showed that video to so far. One of their first reactions was like, "What the hell was that in the cab that you rode in?" Because it it looks like something like that. It looks like something in like a futuristic movie. It's this weird, like bright silver pipe just coming in the back seat. It's very strange. It was clutch because it was it was hitting you with some some frigid some sub zero temperatures in the back of the cab, which was which was welcome for sure. But it I it was clearly homemade. That gentleman yes. went to a hardware store in the city and got some. I don't know, like like imagine um, the the aluminum looking hose that connects your your dryer to the wall in your house. That's that perfect. Expels the excess. That's exactly heat. what it is. Yep. It looked like it looked like one of those, but it was a little bit smaller, um, and it was taped to the to one of his front vents. And he had his air condition air conditioning way up, and it was it just went right like through the middle of the the front two seats, and then through the partition, like Billy said. Um, it, it was it was a trip. That whole day was fun, man. We're we're uh, we're gonna start to. We walked take, a lot too. Do you remember what Do you remember out. what day that was? I don't. Was it August thirty first? If you have a day on your step tracker on your phone that's what i'm looking that for you, that and tells it, you that we walked thirteen thousand steps or something no i don't i have one that says we walked nineteen thousand, but <laughs> and it starts at uh 5 54 a.m which makes sense because i think i picked you up at like seven yeah and yeah, it ends you, at midnight and we stayed out till after midnight that night yeah we did so yeah 19,563 with camera yeah, equipment was, and and such yep did you did do you still have those like short snippets that i texted you the videos that i texted you when we're under the fdr and you told me about the taco place yeah oh yeah the little uh uh what is that place called uh lucha libre lucha libre yeah um i'm pretty sure i do let's see i got my phone in my hand like i usually always do oh i do yep i have them I love it. We'll we'll have to cut those up into something in the future. Definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah, that was a good day. It was it was warm, but we uh we soldiered through it. Met some interesting people. Some very interesting people with some very interesting um, businesses slash nonprofit organizations that they ran. <laughs> taking the I don't I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Taking the taking the stigma out of um, reusing feminine hygiene products only in New York City man only in New York City can you see a nice normal looking 20 something year old female and be like oh that would be a great girl to take a picture with our hats on overlooking the harbor uh, and have that part of the experience go exactly as you planned it and be like, thank you, girls. That was great. We'll tag you in that photo when it goes up. Only to have 
one of those women say to you, "Hey, what? Where? What's what's up with your hats?" And we're what's like, your, oh, "What's okay. your mission? What are you trying to do?" We thought you wanted a hat. <laughs> um, no. And then to have that person then say, "The reason I ask is because I work for an organization, or I've started an organization, or something to that effect that is trying to take the stigma out of." The, the feminine menstrual cycle like it that only happened but, she, but and it was like stem. something about like reusable products and the fem i still am kind of confused on what yeah. she was talking about um yep it was just kind of an awkward situation all around we i didn't i mean we're rarely speechless usually we have something in our back pocket and i had nothing for that oh yeah young, nothing young lady it was uh it was a hell of a day. We we uh are glad to glad to have had that that day this summer. That was fun. We ate some great food. We Cabana. Did. Very good Cuban food. Oh, it's just it's not even fair how good their churrasco is. 60 62nd 63rd and 1st um, Cabana Cuban food, go do it. You know, I promise you will not be disappointed. Sangria also, with the white wine. Um, another thing that we got to do that day. Uh, so we had the we went to dinner right there on like sixty third and first, and while we were sitting there, just decided, hey, let's uh let's let's shoot a little quick video, a one take quick video of um one of the Link NYC Wi Fi hotspot phone etc devices that are on the corner and uh since the video has gotten um a few hundred views which is nice um on youtube but more importantly one of the things that we pointed out and i think a lot of people kind of thought of when they first saw the device that was basically just a computer with internet was like hmm that's kind of strange you're just giving people internet right here on the streets in new york city i feel like with free internet like this some devious things could go on and um much to no one's surprise after about a week the free internet on the device itself was taken away due to an obvious excess use of pornography on those throughout the middle of the busiest and most populated city in america i feel like that's something that the the developers are definitely like so they're in a room and they're like all right we're ready to go does anybody have any reservations about the free public Wi-Fi thing? And it, it's it was the time when somebody should have spoken up and been like, oh, boy, I, that's not a good idea. And no one did. And they were like, all right, we're just going to trust the, the, the largest, most populated city uh, of its size in the United States of America to um, handle this. Uh, like responsible adults and they absolutely did not exactly and you know you know what i was thinking you know how many dudes work there and were in that meeting and the second that they walked out of that meeting just like whispered to their buddy that works there like yeah i would have never said anything but you know how much porn people are gonna watch on this thing like there's (laughs) no way that any sane individual doesn't have that idea presented to them hey, here's like essentially a giant TV in the middle of the city that you need 
absolutely nothing to log into, and it's going to give you full access to the internet 24 hours a day and not think that there's going to be somebody who decides to use it in that manner. There's just no way. That's the first thing that pops into anyone's mind. Like, you can't do that. I worked somewhere once where I the the head, like the CTO of the company, I was trying to stream something, and he told me straight up, I, was, I said, yeah, I think the Wi-Fi is just a little too slow. And he said, word for word, we have to cap the public Wi-Fi at a certain speed because too many people come here to watch porn. <laughs> and he said, even more so, the problem is they complain to him that they can't do it. Like people will make a complaint like, Hey, I'm trying to stream this and your and your Wi Fi, your free public Wi Fi is too slow. It's that big of a problem. And I don't I, I just don't see how anyone possibly could have that like how does that slip through the cracks? It's a no brainer. Yeah. I that's that's a little out of hand that it's that big of an issue. But they still work. You could still go on your phone. Like, it still spits out. There's, like, I could still connect to Wi-Fi from there. It's just you yeah. can't do it on the device itself. But they're still pretty popular. You still always see two people sitting at them charging their phones. Um, you know, I don't know if people really use them for the other stuff, like Google Maps and all that. But I think the phone charger and, like, the actual free Wi-Fi that it kicks out is a pretty good idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we said while we were there, like, it that is a way in which New York city is innovative and, and it will always be innovative in those ways. It will always do things first. And then if it doesn't work out, all right, we cut the public Wi-Fi. What are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Montreal is pretty good about that. I didn't get a, like a plan on my phone. Um, because I'd heard there was a lot of free Wi-Fi uh, throughout the city. So I didn't, I didn't get the extra, whatever, 50 bucks or whatever it's going to cost. And I actually was able to communicate quite a bit. I just, I brought an old iPhone and most, a lot of big bars and restaurants had Wi-Fi. Um, there were more popular spots on different main streets that had free Wi-Fi. So I think that's kind of the future of it. And if you look at what a lot of tech companies are doing, um, I think that's definitely what their goal is. I know Zuck, Mark Zuckerberg, his main goal is to get um, to get Internet in undeveloped countries. And he gave, like, he gave the Pope a drone when he visited him a few months ago because the drones that they're making are the ones that's what's going to like provide the internet signal because i think there's some people that still have never used the internet which is crazy if you think about it like how influenced our culture is by the internet and how we do everything with the internet that there's people out there who still don't even know what the internet is it's nuts we're talking over the internet right now yep uh, in real time from 2700 miles away and uh, it costs us a grand total to accomplish that feat and have it recorded and distributed to the internet. It costs us a grand total of twenty dollars to record or to to purchase the audio recording program, which we split so ten bucks a piece and fifteen dollars a month to host the audio on the internet. It's a steal. It's crazy. <laughs> Let's. Um, Let's jump into sports. I want to talk about uh, the University of Alabama's football program. Yes. and They're pretty and good. Their head coach, uh, Nicholas Walter Mathau Sabin. He's a pretty good coach. Uh, I It's unfair. And this is why it's unfair. So not only is it unfair that they are so much better 
than 95% of the rest of the teams in college football. That there are 10 teams that legitimately, in the entire country, that legitimately have a shot to beat them on any given Saturday. He has been uh, approaching that good or that good for so long that it's it, you're now competing with something that is so unrealistic if you're another program that it's getting coaches fired. Les Miles got fired at LSU because he's not Nick Saban, and they have a connection to Nick Saban because he was there and won a national championship at LSU before he went to Alabama. So those fans and, and boosters who apparently were a big part of the decision to let Les Miles go, um, they feel like, well, we had that guy. We could be that good, and now we're not, so we have to get rid of our coach. A coach who was in the top five at one point in each of the last five seasons, who won a national championship at LSU, and who won three quarters of his games over the course of his career. So you won three out of every four games that that guy coached. That, and 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 people have said this, it's a little bit uh, of old news. I get that their offense, and particularly their quarterback play, has not been good since Zach Mettenberg, but, or Mettenberger, or whatever that jabroni's name is. But I, that is not a, a reason to let go of a coach that has been that successful over the course of his career. And the only reason it's happening in the SEC is because Saban is so absolutely dominant. They are recruiting guys at the highest level and then telling them, you're not going to play for two seasons. The guy ahead of you is an All-American, and he's a junior, so you're not going to play next year. He's a sophomore, so you're not going to play next year, and you're not going to play the year after that if that dude elects to stay. So worst-case scenario, (laughs) you're going to sit for two years, and guys are like, sign me up. Four- and five-star recruits in in Southeastern Conference territory are like, sign me up. Let's go. I'll go sit on the bench for two years because I know I'm going to have four shots at a national title. It is... um, obscene they uh they received 60 of the 61 first place votes in the associated press top 25 uh last week and 61 of the 64 first place votes in the coaches poll michigan got one ap number one vote ohio state got two and clemson got one and those are the only other teams with uh with first place votes they're seven and oh they are going to be in the college football playoff again, and it is ridiculous. Do you know what, to me, like, kind of tells you all you need to know about, like, first of all, to me, every, everything's money. And a school like LSU fires less miles because they can literally afford to do it. Where other schools, you can't, I don't know, like, LSU, schools like LSU, Alabama, most SEC schools... Like the fact that they have the money to fire a coach that they still owe millions to, pay him the money that he's being paid, and then next year hire another guy for millions of dollars a year is crazy. But at Alabama, okay, a guy like coach like Brian Polian at Nevada, Brian Polian makes like five hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year as a head coach, the 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 leader of of a Division One football program. Alabama's strength coach, have you ever seen that guy's salary? He makes five hundred twenty-five grand a year, the strength coach, and that's yeah. he got a hundred. He was gonna, uh, no, it wasn't. Even he was gonna leave another school 
gave more money or hired or gave a raise to their strength coach and made him higher paid than Alabama's. And so this summer, they gave him a $105,000 a year raise to $525,000 just to make him the highest paid strength coach in college football. That's crazy. A strength, like, strength coaches, don't even they do a lot. But the fact that a guy, a strength coach on your staff is getting paid more than like a lot of Division One head coaches is crazy. Yeah, it's not it's not the a resources football. you have at that school. Like, how do you, like, how do you compete with that if you're if you're not in the top level of the SEC? So, do you think, like, somebody says, let's take Texas for example, Longhorn Network TV money, um, tons of oil money in Texas. Do you think a school like that? goes all right what does it take nick what's it take 10 million a year what it 12 million a year well wasn't that the story this like this off season where like two years ago where tech like nick saban was going to go to texas and then like the next day he had an extra few million and an extra few years added to his contract at alabama yeah i don't think the numbers ever got that high he was because he, he wasn't making five million dollars a year yet until that race and now he is he's making a little over five um but i, I i'm no joke somebody's gonna say we'll double it and texas because of their f- football history the money within that program and the fact that their coach is is on his way out it looks like um they're they're my number one candidate to just go you know hey Saban, what's it going to take? Or, or anybody who approaches that level of success. Tom Herman at Houston is a guy who's been talked about a ton for that LSU job. Um, and, I, I, you know, it's just getting it's getting out of hand. But that's – and that is why I want to talk about it because all of that is happening because Saban has made set the bar so high. That program has set the bar so high that it's it's – even for the other Power Five schools, it's it's not realistic to expect to be that good every year. And he's just like, mm, I don't care. We're gonna we're gonna be this good every year until somebody, I, I don't know, rips me away from this program with an extra five million dollars a year. But I don't, I don't, you know, who knows? I you can't can't say uh, whether or not a guy like that would not only be motivated by the money, but might be motivated by doing what he's doing somewhere else saying, oh, I bet I could put Texas's program back on top. Um, cause he, he doesn't have specific connections to Alabama other than being their head coach. He's not, not from there. He doesn't have family there. You know, the wife doesn't have family there or whatever. So I agree. I think that's, I think that's why a guy like you see Theo Epstein, um, went from the Red Sox to the Cubs. Yep. I mean, the, the Red Sox have won in 86 years. Theo Epstein builds up that team. They win the World Series. And then, the, you know, the opportunity to go run the Cubs comes up. you got another team that hasn't won in 100-plus years. He goes there. They He builds them up. Now they might win the World Series this year. I absolutely think there's a there's an ego factor that comes in with coaches, GMs, any owners, anything, where it's like, oh, I can win anywhere. I can do this there. I can do this there. And I feel like Saban might get to a point where it, it is like, what more can I do here? 
and if another school like Texas is going to give him similar money or more money, and he has a chance to prove, like, yeah, I can win in multiple places, I could definitely see him going there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'd almost be surprised if it didn't happen in the next couple of years, the next like three seasons or something like that. Especially if they win another title at Alabama, like, what, what more can he do for that program at that point if he gets one more? And they look as good as they ever have this year. They open the season with a 52-6 to win over SC. Good on you. Go Trojans. They beat Western Kentucky 38-10. They beat Ole Miss uh, in a close one, 48-43. They beat Kent State 48-0. Kentucky 34-6. Arkansas 49-30. And they just put a hurting on the number nine team in the country, uh, they beat Tennessee forty-nine to ten. They play A and M on the twenty-second. The aforementioned LSU Tigers, uh, November fifth, and then it gets a little bit easier from there. Mississippi State, Chattanooga, and Auburn to uh, to finish out the season. So they, if they get past A and M, which uh, is going to be a game, A and M is currently sixth, I think, in the country. Um, so uh, they get by that one, uh, and even make it to the SEC championship game. I think they're probably, they're probably in given the resume that they'll have to that point. So definitely craziness, absolute craziness. And it just blew my mind. Um, when I started to, to sort of like look at college football, in that way, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, all of the same advantages a guy like Saban has, and he, he can't possibly come close. They're in the title game one year under Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, and who do they play but Alabama, and they get smacked. Was there that was 42-14 or something? That was the one yeah, of the was, worst title it games. Was, it was bad. They were winning 28 nothing at halftime. Four, they were up three or four scores at halftime, and – the Alabama players were running back into the locker room, yelling at no one in particular. One of their offensive linemen in particular was yelling at no one in particular. Um, they signed up for 60. They signed up for 60 minutes against us. Let's go. When we get back out there, we put it up. Like, they're, they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. They signed up for 60. I, it's it's the, a whole other level. I mean, it, you can go on and on. Um, with the programs that are close, and Clemson was close last year, I think um, teams will come close, but I, I, I just don't think you can expect to, to sustain that kind of success um, over a long period of time. It's not reasonable. So it uh, it's something else, man. The other the other best teams in the country look to be at this point: Ohio State, Michigan. Clemson, Washington, Texas A&M, and Louisville. It's, it really sort of falls off from there. Um, Nebraska, Baylor, Wisconsin, who just got beat, um, and Houston, who's got a loss, are kind of in the next group. Um, Houston's those, fun to watch, though, man. They, sc- yeah. they just score. I like yeah. Houston. No, Greg Ward, that, that dude's legit. Their quarterback is is for real. Um so yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ohio State looks really good. They they got by a good Wisconsin team this weekend. Needed overtime to do it, but still, that's a that's a good football team that they beat. So, you know, 
we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the college football will be fun. Our our boys go dogs. Washington putting it on people. They're good out, this year too, man. Very out, good. Stanfording, Stanfording, Stanford. If that's a, a term, I mean, pushing Stanford around. Um, we saw our, our buddy Kyle this weekend. He was in town and talking a little bit about those games. And I said, what was more surprising, pushing Stanford around or hanging seventy on Oregon? And he's like, oh, hanging 70 on Oregon. That, though that team just quit. That game was over halfway through the, the second quarter maybe and people started leaving the, the facility and whatnot, um, leaving the um, stadium. But he's like, that Stanford game was different. He's like, we really pushed around a team that traditionally pushes everybody else around. And that was that was fun to watch. So those guys are – Coach Pete's got it working up there. Um, good for them. A and M looks really good, but I don't know. I don't know if they're they're gonna be able to do it against Alabama this upcoming weekend. We shall see. So, yeah, college football is interesting this year. But uh, but it all all started for me around you know uh, what Alabama has been able to do over the course of the last couple of years. You mentioned Mississippi State when you were talking about the SEC and. Uh... I was watching the Cowboys game for a little bit tonight. Dak Prescott, um, rookie out of Mississippi State. I did not know this, but in high school, college, and now the NFL, has never been a starter from the get-go. He's won every job that he's ever had due to an injury. And he, so far, I mean, we'll see what happens when Tony Romo comes back, but throughout high school and college, he earned the starting job because the guy in front of him got injured, and then he never relinquished the job. He looks like a refined um, NFL quarterback most Sundays. Uh, anytime I catch highlights of them, it, it, he's making really good decisions with the football. I, you know what this speaks to to me is <laughs> the draft process. How, why is quarterback such a hard position to evaluate? Johnny Manziel was a first round pick. Yeah, I don't. And I know he I think he's a very late first round pick. Yeah, 22, I think. But that's a dude who was like pissed he didn't go top 5, top 10. And granted, we've learned his judgment and his assessment of things is probably not the the best measuring stick for what is correct. <laughs> but still, there like how 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 is it how is that guy considered? How is that guy a first-round pick and turns out to be what he is? And then you have people like Russell Wilson who are, you know, the hundred-something pick in the draft, and they lead a team to a Super Bowl in his first couple of years and becomes one of the biggest stars in the NFL. When Russell was drafted, Pete Carroll said it was going to be an open quarterback competition between him and Matt Flynn. And I remember hearing the people The $30 million talk. man, Matt Flynn. <laughs> I remember hearing people talk about that comment that Pete Carroll made. Like, it was a joke. Like, well, obviously, he's not better than Pat Flynn. Like, what? Why is a quarterback position so hard to evaluate? And maybe people weren't saying, you know, obviously, he's, he, maybe people weren't saying he's better than, than Matt Flynn as a quarterback or that Matt Flynn was amazing or whatever. But the the concept that Russell Wilson as a rookie was going to win that starting job and be a quarterback of consequence in the NFL was outlandish. And Matt Flynn is currently eating potato chips somewhere on his yes. couch on Sundays. And Russell he, Wilson, he still tweets at people when people chirp him about like, 
being a, a failure or not good at quarterback and like making a bunch of money. I've I've seen people like retweet stuff where they'll you know they'll say something and he'll he'll respond to it. But he yeah he made like thirty two million dollars, and it was all entirely based off that six touchdown performance when Aaron Rodgers was hurt and then like the other backup was also hurt. So he played. I think I think that was like a. I think that was like a week. They maybe clinched, like right? Week, they already clinched. Yeah, like yeah. a week fifteen scenario where they clinched. So Rogers sat and he went off. Yeah, and and Seattle gave him all that money and then cut him <laughs> a year later. I'll a hundred percent admit when when I heard that he signed there, and then when I heard they dra- drafted Russell Wilson and it was an open quarterback competition, I said to a lot of people like, "No, they just paid Matt Flynn like six million dollars a year." There's no way Russell Wilson starts over him. Like they, they just gave Matt Flynn like a pretty good amount of money, and I was so wrong on that, so incredibly wrong. Uh, lots of people were, but I, but it speaks to how hard the quarterback position is to evaluate. And people don't talk about it, or maybe they do. I don't know. I don't hear people talk about this enough. I don't think part of the reason those Seattle teams have been good over the course of the last couple of years is because they were getting a rock bottom price at quarterback. You were getting a top 12 quarterback in the NFL who you typically have to pay 10 or 12 or $14 or $14 million a year to at 450 or 650 or 1.2 million a year as his rookie scale grew. But that allowed them to load that defense with monsters like Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman um, and, uh, a stellar defensive line. I mean, they they were awesome top to bottom on defense because they didn't have to pay their quarterback because he was under his rookie deal, and that that <laughs> is the way it works. And then uh, you can see as they've had to give money to him um, since last year, since they had to, to pay him, um, they've had less money uh, to, to go around. So that uh, it just goes to show you, I mean, obviously you talk about guys like Jamarcus Russell and and you know um, Ryan Leaf and other humongous first round busts. The idea that Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, if, if you look at those guys at the end of their career, the idea that that was a conversation to be had about who was going to be a better professional quarterback is is insane. But it, it just speaks to how hard the, the quarterback position is to evaluate. I, yeah. It maybe. It may be the NFL too. I heard uh, it might just be the nature of the sport because there's it's such a war of attrition. So yeah. a, a guy can deteriorate so much from his from his you know max potential. But I heard a number the other day on an NFL Sunday two weeks ago maybe that there are more uh, players in the league who are undrafted um, than there are top three to uh, first three round picks. So. There are more guys in the NFL who were not drafted out of college than there were guys drafted in the first three rounds, which which is kind of a, something that I would have you know you know never would have guessed. That the numbers play out, so obviously way more guys that go undrafted, so there's way more opportunity. There's only you know ninety guys drafted in the first three rounds every year, so yeah, football, huh? Yeah, I mean, but that translates to basketball too. Look at Greg Oden and uh, Kevin Durant. I mean the yep. the Blazers took Greg Oden number one. Durant goes number two. Durant signed a max contract with the Warriors this year. 
is widely regarded as one of the best scorers in the world. And the, the Greg Oden, you know, he's I think he was playing in Shanghai or somewhere. This like trying to get his knees back. That he's like it's it's crazy how two guys could be so like like Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. Like you could have such polar opposites in their career, and you could have someone be so good and someone be so bad. But at one point, they were guys who get paid a lot of money to say this guy's better than this guy. That thought the other one was better than the other one. It's yeah, you know. And then like well, Durant. Said, I mean, got, Durant's one of the three best players alive uh, by yes. any basketball measure. He's one of the three three best players alive. So that's that's the difference. Yep. Did I cut you off? You were going to say something. No, no. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the drafting process is very, very uh, hit or miss, and I and I wonder how we can't. But then I see this, and then sometimes they get it right. To this point, it looks like Carson Wentz is the real deal. And how do you evaluate that guy who didn't play that much in college? I don't know if a lot of people know that, but – he really only played his last two seasons at North Dakota State. He was hurt. Uh, didn't play when he was he was younger. Then he was hurt. So he really only played one and a half full seasons um, at North Dakota State at the Division Two level, where they were great, which is awesome. But I mean, he's playing against you know uh, competition that is not quite at the level of of some of the other guys. Even Jared Goff, who he was compared to in the draft process, and. Wentz is it looks like the real deal and Goff can't get off the bench in, in LA yeah and Case Keenum had a they lost today but Case Keenum had a great day great game uh so that's not going to help his cause much but yeah I I agree I didn't I didn't imagine Wentz to be as good as he is this soon and I know they lost today as well but through the first three games I don't think he threw a pick and I know last year um Jameis Winston threw four in this first game, because that's just what rookies do. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the QB position—it's nearly impossible to evaluate. We can just throw a few like random thoughts out there. I think at the end, playoff baseball. Yeah, hockey started last week. Did I'm going? To, I'm going to the Rangers game on Wednesday. Yeah, you are. Giants game today. I went to I'm going to the Giants game today. Great seats. Odell Beckham. Is a bad bad man, and he is incredible, and he is an emotional roller coaster. But I don't, I don't really basket case. I don't really the mind. The we're looking for is basket case. He is <laughs> he is in touch with his feelings, and that's okay as a man. Uh, but that guy can play football. Shit, dude, he's so fast, and he can. He, the one thing that bothers me though is I feel like a lot of times he'll like one. You know, he could have three guys one guy's grabbing his left arm one guy's grabbing his left leg another one's grabbing his right leg he'll somehow still jump five feet in the air and catch it with his right arm that's free and then he'll be running down the field wide open the ball just hits him in two hands and he drops it i don't i don't understand it he makes some of the most difficult catches ever but there have been a few balls in the last of the last two seasons that it just it just hits him in the hands i think he starts running and celebrating before he catches the ball but today uh, huge, like seventy-three yard touchdown with a minute twenty to go. The stadium just erupted. It was amazing. It was incredible. Good win. Yeah, needed that. that win too. Absolutely needed that. that win. I saw that highlight. Um, 
and he he just looked at whoever the DB was when he was running toward the end zone and started wagging his finger at him. Yep. And I don't know if that was the first touchdown that that the one right at the end of the game, but he just you, you got to let a guy like that go because that's what makes him so good, but you can't let him go too far because then when he's over the edge, he's useless to you. He's out of the game. The enigmatic as, players as like, evident the first three or four weeks of the season when he rip he's ripping down the net on the sideline and it's hitting him in the face and he's you know he's losing his shit on the sideline and that's a you know that's a bad look but man he's more than made up for it the last couple weeks can i can i mention really quickly also that today's a very rare day in uh, buffalo sports um just uh, a lexicon in buffalo sports history both the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres won today. Hmm, look at that. Yeah. Bills with a drubbing of the San Francisco 49ers. Jesus. Ab- and, uh, Ab- I looked up, okay, I'm looking at the score, because Cap started, so I'm like, okay, I want to see what they're yeah. They're up 3 nothing. 7-3, it's like 13-10, I'm like, okay, okay. I get real, the Giants start coming back. I, I look back, it's like 48-15. What the hell happened? <laughs> um... A defensive, uh, so a defensive touchdown or or like a like a pick in in plus territory and then something like that and then so they scored a touchdown on that drive and then uh, it was like eight minutes left it was out of hand so they put the backups in and the Bills backups just ran it down San Francisco's throat for another tug the the Bills ran for something like two hundred and eighty yards so it was it was a it's a real real brutal performance out of the Niners yeah then the Sabers went to Edmonton and won six two. Um, also, Bills Mafia coming in real hot today yep. with a, uh, a tackle the Muslim doll with a Kaepernick. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, they're they're tackle, unstoppable. Tackle dummy Kaepernick jersey. Yeah. Tackle the Muslim. Yep. Very, uh, yeah. Very, yeah. No, I'll never. Nothing <laughs> yikes, will ever dude, surprise me. <laughs> nothing will ever surprise me after seeing the the Instagram photo and and then later catching like a clip of the girl in the Thurman Thomas jersey wearing it uh, from behind in the parking lot before a Bills game. And I was like, oh, that's just, those are my people. Literally, like I saw enough growing up in Buffalo and and I see enough being back there to not be surprised by that city. But in relation to the Bills mafia, after seeing, and the, 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 the guy had like a, like a, Andre Reed jersey and, and Zubaz on or something like that. Like, <laughs> it was, it's, uh, nothing will ever, I'm, I'm like, hmm, those are my people. I mean, they, they really just, they just are just drunk on Canadian beer and full of hot sauce 90% of the time. So. Which, I gotta be honest with you, sounds like my ideal existence. <laughs> there's, to me, there's nothing better. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Labatt Blue and um, Frank's Red Hot is is it's the fuel for and and sponge candy and beef on beef on weck all all mm. just just uh, I don't do you know what sponge candy is that's the thing no that but I I, didn't you know told me about the beef on weck uh, when yeah. I went up there yeah sponge candy is a thing I didn't know only existed in Buffalo also it's so weird it's like the vortex of lost dignity in America. It's like the Chippewa Street specifically. Yeah. 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 You, I had a family member tell me last time I was home, 
hey, nobody goes out in Chippewa anymore because that's where people get stabbed. Uh, you know, I, 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 did, I didn't get stabbed myself. I, I <laughs> you know, I didn't feel like I was going to get stabbed either. Yeah. Until well, we I, went to gyms at like 3.30 yep. in the morning. I ate at that gyms while I was home for my cousin's wedding. And I would go back again. But there was oh, definitely a time where I was like, you know, I, I could see it. Yeah. I could yeah. see it. And there was the one of the best parts of it was um one this this crazy dude who was a Raiders fan, he was so drunk and he was he just wanted to talk about um it was week two of the NFL season when we were there and all he wanted to talk about was how the week before he like went on the airplane for the first time, flew to Oakland, went to his first NFL game, and got so drunk he blacked out in the third quarter. And then, like, while this guy's telling us this story, I was with Blake, and he uh, he had on a Nevada, like, Wolfpack shirt, as Blake typically does when we go out. And uh, some guy was like, Nevada, man? Fuck you, you Mormon? Fuck Mormon, huh? You Mormon? And he was just really, really drunk. And his buddy was like, dude, what are you talking about? I was like, that's Mormon school. Mormon school. And he's like, dude, that's BYU, you idiot. He's like, Nevada is a state. And, and then they like the guy. They like apologized to us, and they like took the kid away. It's a great moment. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Buffalo. Yeah. We uh, we got Bad Blake to wear um, real adult clothes out for my birthday. I was proud of him. That's an achievement. I know it is. It really is. I'm a proud I'm a proud papa when Blake wears something. All I miss that guy. Dry fit athletic T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> He's the king of the dry fit athletic t-shirt. That's so great. Oh, oh. oh all right. Well, we're back, folks. Yep. <laughs> Episode nine. We will see you again soon. Um, we're uh, we're in it. We're summer's over, bro. It's uh, we got a, a nice, cozy, coffee drinking, sweatpant wearing fall ahead of us here. I can't wait. Pumpkin spice everything. Let's go. All, all pumpkin spice all day. Okay. Alright, man. All right. Cool, man. Be I'll good. See you later. Yeah. You too. Coming off the last record. I'm getting 20 million off the record just to off these records, nigga. That's a record. I'm living like I'm out here on my last adventure. Past the present when you have to mention. This is nothing for the radio, but it's still play it though. Cause it's that new Drizzy Drake, that's just the way it go Heavy air play all day, with no chorus, we keep it thorough Nigga, rap like this for all of my borough niggas I reach the point where don't shit matter to me, nigga I reach heights that Dwight Howard couldn't reach, nigga Prince Akeem, they throw flowers at my feet, nigga I could go an hour on this beat, nigga yeah. I'm just as famous as my mentor But that's still the boss, don't get sent for Get hype on tracks and jump in front of a bullet you wasn't meant for Scary outcome. Here's a reason for niggas that's hating without one. That always let their mouth run. Bench players talking like starters. I hate it. Started from the bottom. Now we here, nigga. We made it. Yeah, time for a Tuscan leather smelling like a brick. Degenerates, we even Ella love our shit. Rich enough that I don't have to tell them that I'm rich. Self-explanatory. You just here to spread the story. What's up?
shit in Gucci roll like they say up at UNLV. Young rebel, young money, nothing you could tell me. Paperwork taking too long, maybe they don't understand me. I compromise if I have to, I gotta stay with the family. Not even talking to Nikki, communication is breaking. I dropped the ball on some personal shit, I need to embrace it. I'm honest, I make mistakes, I be the second to admit it. Think that's why I need it in my life to check me when I'm tripping. On a mission trying to shift the culture, tell me who dissing. I got some things that I hit the culprit. Them strep throat flows, some shit to stop all of the talking, all of the talking. Got one reply for all of your comments Fuck what you think, I'm too busy That's why you leave a message Born a perfectionist Guess that makes me a bit obsessive That shit I heard from you lately Really relieved some pressure Like, AB, I got your CD You get an E for effort I piece letters together And get to talking reckless I'll change like credentials You know you see the necklace My life's a completed checklist I'm tired of hearing about Who you checking for now Just give it time We'll see you still around A decade from now That's real Time is this nigga spending on the intro? Lately, I've been feeling like God Pierce and Memento. I just set the bar, and niggas fall under it like a limbo. The family, all that matters. I'm just out here with my kinfolk. Off everything, my pen wrote. We went from Bundy to Winslow. This for shorty up on Glen Grove. Who love when I catch my tempo? I sip the pourer and listen to Capadonna. The Fresh Prince is at dinner with Tatiana, no lie. All these 90s fantasies on my mind. The differences that were mine, they all come true in due time. I might come through without security to check if you're fine. That's just me on my solo, like fuck it, like YOLO. Wanted to tell you, accept yourself. You don't have to prove shit to no one except yourself. And if you end up needing some extra help, then I can help. You know, back on your feet and shit. Trying to get my karma up, fuck the guilty and greedy shit. How much time is this nigga spending on the intro? How this nigga working like he got a fucking twin though? Life is sounding crazy, 40 on Martin Scorsese, and I wouldn't change a thing if you pay me, man. Real nigga, what's up? Hey. Yeah. Hey. How much time is this nigga spending on the intro? So we'd like to just maybe close out with something for food for thought for all of us. 